immersions, intensive electives. Oh my, they're all part of Cornell Johnson's two-year MBA program. Sound good? Let's learn more about it as well as how to get in during this conversation with Cornell Johnson's Executive Director of Admissions, Eddie Asby. Welcome to Admission Straight Talk, the podcast dedicated to graduate admissions and helping you approach the application process thoughtfully and successfully. Your host is Accepted's founder and world-renowned admissions guru, Linda Abraham. At Accepted, our mission is to get you to that unforgettable moment when you read your acceptance email and shout, yes, I'm in, confident you'll be attending the perfect program to help you launch the career of your dreams. Welcome to the 488th episode of Admission Straight Talk, Accepted's podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Before we speak with our wonderful guest, I want to invite you to take advantage of a fantastic tool that accepted the MBA admissions quiz. Are you ready to apply to your dream MBA programs? Are you competitive at those programs? Accepted's MBA admissions quiz can not only give you a quick reality check, but tips on how to improve your qualifications. Plus, it's all free. Again, use the calculator at accepted.com slash MBA quiz, that's M-B-A-Q-U-I-Z, to obtain your complimentary assessment. It gives me great pleasure to have for the first time on Admission Straight Talk, Eddie Asby, Executive Director of Admissions and Scholarship at Cornell Johnson Graduate School of Management. Eddie earned his bachelor's in communications from the University at Buffalo and a master's from SUNY Buffalo in student personnel administration. Between his undergraduate and graduate degrees, he worked at SUNY Buffalo, and then while in grad school, he served as an admissions advisor at the University of Buffalo. He joined the Johnson School in 2012 as an assistant director of admissions and financial aid and became the executive director of admissions and scholarship in June 2021. Eddie, welcome to Admission Straight Talk. Linda, thank you so much for having me, and I look forward to uh, chatting with you today. Same here. I'm delighted to have you on the show. Now, I'd like to start with a couple of general questions about the Cornell Johnson MBA, and then move more into admissions topics. Is that okay with you? Sounds great. Thank you. Okay. So to start, can you give an overview of the Cornell Johnson full-time MBA program for those listeners who just aren't that familiar with it and focus on its more distinctive elements? I assume there's going to be accounting in it, but... Uh... Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, if for those of you that aren't familiar with our um, residential program here at Johnson, first, if you're not familiar with Cornell and location, we're located in Ithaca, New York, which is located in central New York. But our MBA program is a general management MBA you know, program that allows our students to really be able to get the basic business fundamentals, but also to be able to expand both personally and professionally throughout their career goals. As I think about our program in particular uh, and thinking about some of the distinctive features of it, you know, we are known for elements of our program, such as our immersion learning program, which also gives our students that opportunity to really be able to immerse themselves into their particular career path. And this happens in the spring semester of their first year, especially for anyone who is, the way I like to think of it is for our career switchers out there, giving you that opportunity, really being able to have that hands-on experience, you know, taking advanced level courses into, you know, your particular immersion, and then ultimately to be able to hit the ground running with your uh, internship itself. But also, if you're not familiar too, uh, the Johnson community and the Cornell community also has a Cornell Tech um, MBA program located in New York City. So if you are looking at a residential two-year program um, in, in particular, there are opportunities for our program to collaborate with Cornell Tech where you can spend some time, of course, 
at home base here in Ithaca, New York, but also uh, in New York City on that Cornell Tech campus. But then also a lot of other great things, flexibility in the program to work with other departments, you know, here at Cornell. But once again, those are some of the things that come to mind. What I like to say about our program, though, is that this, it really does give you the opportunity to customize the program the way you see best fit. So, you know, once again, we understand that it's a business school, but we also understand that the direction that uh, our students are going into, you know, may focus on so many different industries, whether it is hospitality, whether it is healthcare, whether it is the technical side of things. And we have some great programs here at Cornell that allows you to be able to, you know, tap into these other areas. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Is there anything particularly new at Cornell Johnson that you'd like to highlight? Yeah, well, I will say that I, you know, within my time here at Johnson, we've done a pretty good job of making sure that we stay relevant in what's happening and changes, um, you know, to our curriculum. But one of the new exciting things that I would like to share is that opportunity to do a one plus one um, program. And this is a newer option where it's one full year here in Ithaca, along with one full year at Cornell Tech. So, oh. and I can, you know, of course, talk a little bit further about other options, but with this program in particular, it gives you the opera, our students um, who are applying to the two-year residential MBA program, the opportunity of going through the standard core in that first semester. In that second semester, as I had mentioned before, regarding our immersion learning program, going through the immersion experience, but of course, with a tech focus behind that, of course, that summer internship. And then in that second year, you then join the Cornell Tech students, um, you know, focusing on their startup curriculum, where you're spending that entire second year at Cornell Tech. In Manhattan, Roosevelt in Manhattan. Island. Yes, in, on in, Roosevelt in, the, Island. in the East River, if I got it straight. Yeah, absolutely, right? yes. So <laughs> that's, it, pretty, you know, that's pretty exciting. That's it's pretty, great. yeah. Yeah, it's that's a, a fantastic option. The type of student that we're really looking for in this space is really someone who is looking to bridge the gap between business as well as the digital economy, and also someone with technical experience behind their belt as well. So we are in the stages right now of, you'll start hearing that more probably about the one plus one program in um, more of our publications, you'll see it more uh, and talked about more in some of our presentations, but our incoming second years, there's a group of about around 15 or so that are piloting this program right now, but we do look forward to continuing this as an option uh, moving forward. So great opportunity for students to have kind of the best of both worlds between both campuses. Now is a one plus one program, something that somebody would apply to before being accepted to Cornell? Or is that something that they decide upon while at Cornell and get great accepted question. to? Yeah, great question. So at the moment, so when I think about our students who just started this week, you know, it's going to be an internal application for them. Okay. And what we do anticipate is for next year's application cycle. So once we launch the application in, in the summer of 2023, this should be a question in our application. So you know, for anyone who's applying this year, you won't see that in the application this year. Um, know that you know once you start the program in the fall 2023, once again, it'll be an internal application, but then once again, moving forward after the cycle, you'll then see it in our admissions application. Oh, wow. Okay, great. Thank you for clarifying. But that, that is really exciting news, uh, quite, quite an opportunity. And I, and I should say, you know, this, 
Manhattan has an allure, right? All the buzz yes. and all that. But Ithaca is gorgeous. <laughs> I have visited the Finger Lakes. It is gorgeous. Might be cold, but it's cool. gorgeous. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Especially for this Angelino. All right. In preparing for our call today, I took note of several distinctive aspects of the program. And you've already mentioned a couple. And I'm wondering if you can touch on these three. Immersions, which you said is the second semester of the first year. Intensives and performance learning. What, what are those? Those are, I yes. think, all really distinctive elements of, of the Cornell Johnson program. So, so one of the things about our program is that we really believe that it's important that you have that hands-on experience, that you're learning from business practitioners, you're actually working on projects into you know, you know, your career path and your field, and then ultimately getting feedback, I think is something that's very important you know, for our students throughout this process. Um, but as I had mentioned regarding the immersion, um, that immersive experience is a semester long immersion. There's an immersion in digital technology. There's an immersion in investment banking. There's a, an immersion in operations, um, you know, and, and the list goes on along with a customized immersion where, you know, once again, if you're taking advantage of the investment banking immersion, that entire semester is focused on advanced level courses in investment banking, you know, a week on Wall Street, you know, working with business practitioners so that once again, once you get to that summer internship, you're able to hit the ground running and to really be able to capitalize on that experience so that, of course, at the end of that internship, hopefully walking away with a full-time offer. So yes, that's a little bit about uh, that immersion experience. So itself. the immersions are, are geared towards not so much an area of study, but a particular career path. Yeah, typically. Yeah. So a, a lot of our students, you know, are very intentional when it comes to their immersions. So they know that, okay, I am looking to go in investment banking. I want to focus on that investment banking experience for that entire semester. And like I said, this is really helpful for someone who's making a career switch where you spend, you know, that entire semester really just focusing primarily on that particular area. Great. And then the intensives. Yeah, so the intensives. So we have three intensives. There is our sustainable global enterprise intensive. There is our FinTech intensive, and then also the digital marketing intensive. So with the digital marketing and the FinTech intensive, those are both seven week intensives on the Cornell Tech campus. And know that the intensives are off, these two intensives are offered in the spring semester of your second year. Got it. So, of course, these intensives, there are a couple required courses along with elective courses that you're taking in these particular areas as well, you know, over those seven weeks, but also, you know, working with the Cornell Tech students, um, you know, working with entrepreneurs and really kind of having that full sense of that Cornell Tech campus and that curriculum over those seven weeks. Once you're done with the seven weeks of these two intensives in particular, you have the opportunity of remaining on the Cornell Tech campus and finishing out the rest of the semester right before you graduate, or those remaining seven weeks, uh, you can come back to home base here in Ithaca and finish out those seven weeks um, with uh, those elective courses. Now, when it comes to the SGE intensive, this is located here in Ithaca. And, you know, I think one of the benefits of this intensive in particular is that you have the opportunity of taking this intensive 
either in your first year, but also in your second year as well. Hmm. Um, and so you can do it twice or you, can, you just choose when you do it. You can actually do it twice. You know, it really gives you the opportunity of working with our SGE team and once again, working on, you know, various projects and, you know, um, you know, taking those advanced level courses, you know, focusing on sustainability as well. So, you know, you know, once again, the performance learning piece is really that's that hands-on piece. And it's making sure that you're able to, of course, you know, we have great faculty members and, you know, sitting in that classroom is great. You're learning from, you know, world-renowned faculty members, but we also want you out there. And through the immersion, the intensive, you know, even the experience with Cornell Tech, working on these actual projects and spending time on Wall Street, connecting with our alums and working on various projects to have that experience provides that performance learning and that hands-on piece for our students. Thank you. Now, what about performance learning? And we talked about immersions, intensives. Yeah. So, so once again, the, the performance learning piece is really just that hands-on piece. Hands-on part. Yeah. Okay. The hands-on Experiential part. learning project oriented. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And once again, it's, it's, and it's throughout the entire curriculum, you know, whether it is sitting in the classroom, you know, whether it is the immersion and working on projects, whether it is case competitions out there, you know, once again, we want our students to be able to learn by doing as well. Now, the you mentioned that the intensives are seven weeks out of the second semester in the second year, right? Correct. So what do you do the rest of the semester or is everybody doing an intensive during those seven weeks? Yeah, so no, um, not everyone is taking advantage of the intensives, um, and, but during that time, once again, this is where students have the opportunity to customize their program. Got it. So there are students who are taking courses over at the law school, um, the hotel school, industrial labor relations. Uh, there are students who take advantage of global opportunities mm -hmm. and, um, you know, will do a study abroad for a, a semester with uh, some of our partner schools internationally. There are students who, you know, of course, are taking advantage of the Cornell Tech campus itself. But then also there are those opportunities to just travel they're they're traveling they're having fun so they're you traveling know, again they're, they're... oh my goodness it's it is I, I i tell our students all the time that i'm like you know some of the quick trips that they may do as a group especially in their second year they're still working hard and they're still learning but they're also they also still have fun um but also they're great mentors you know to our first years at our first year mbas as they're going through their experience as well, whether it is a Johnson Leadership Fellow who helps our incoming MBAs as they are going through their core experience, or whether they are, you know, a Johnson Board Fellow where they are a non-voting non member on a local nonprofit, you know, here in the Ithaca area. So there's so many different things that are happening, but, you know, once again, we want to make sure that our students are feeling like they they are getting what they need from the Johnson curriculum, but also being able to explore in the greater Cornell uh, community. Great, thank you, wonderful answers. All right, so if some students in Manhattan, some students in, um, in Ithaca, where do Johnson graduates, Johnson MBAs get jobs, both geographically and in terms of industry? I'm guessing they don't all stay in Ithaca or on Roosevelt Island, so um, where do they go? 
Yeah, as much as we would love to keep them here in Ithaca, <laughs> there are many great options for them. So our our alums are going all over the world. You know, if you go onto our website and you know there are career or our career management stats on there. You will see that a lot of our students are going within the financial sector. Right. Um, and, you know, when we talk about finance, you, it can be anything from investment banking to asset management, but then they are also going the consulting route, more the general management route, um, marketing, tech, um, everyone, you know, tech is, of course, the, you know, the hot thing right now. Uh, but there are so many, you know, students who are also going into the healthcare sector, real estate. Um, you know, the you know they're entrepreneurs. Uh, so once again, keep in mind with the MBA, you know, it's much more than yes, finance consulting. But there are many great options and and great companies that come here to recruit. As far as location-wise, I think that our largest alumni base is located in New York City. And it's because probably that's where I'm assuming a lot of uh, students uh, want to go afterwards. But, you know, New York, uh, San Francisco is a uh, great location with uh, alums, you know, the Boston, D.C., uh, Minneapolis, Texas, like domestically. And then, of course, just internationally, they're all over the world, too. So just know that even with a Cornell MBA, you're not restricted to just one location. Whatever you still see on the website as well, I have full confidence in our program and our career management center to really prepare you for whatever industry function location that you that you want to but i will encourage candidates that as you go throughout this journey to make sure that you stay in touch with our students about you know what their recruiting path looked like how johnson prepared them and um, you know keep asking those tough questions sounds good what don't people know about cornell johnson that you would like them to know or are there any myths you'd like to dispel Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's a, that's a loaded question there. Um, oh, my God. So as far as one of the myths I'll start with is um, it really has to be our location. I think mm -hmm. that everyone knows Cornell, the brand, you know, it's a global brand, oh, yeah. but the location piece is something that some people may say, you know, I, I just don't know about a, a smaller, you know, town versus a larger metropolitan city. What is there to do? The recruiters come there. You have to keep in mind that we have some of the, the best of the best that are here between our students, faculty, administration, and of course, you know, uh, when I think about even just our alumni base, you know, we have such an amazing program here. And I believe that recruiters know that, you know, they know that the quality of a Cornell student and what our brand brings. And with our location, we always get asked, you know, do companies come there? Absolutely. But also thinking about it, our alums want to give back. And this is also a way for them to give back is to represent their company to bring in Johnson students or Cornell students uh, as a whole. So um, that's one thing. Um, another thing, too, is just once again, just our location. This is a beautiful, beautiful place. It is an amazing it is college stunning. town um, that is, you know, that is just that has so much to offer. I've already talked about what our program offers from a curriculum curriculum standpoint, but also when I think about the social side and how this is a true community, Ithaca and Cornell supports each other, um, you know, the local businesses, being on the lake, being in wine country, there's so much that 
you know, once again, this amazing college town has to offer. Um, and I think that, you know, if you haven't come to visit, definitely come to visit. So, you know, once again, that's, that's another thing that, you know, I wish people would know, but also from more of the curriculum side of things, as I had mentioned too, there's the flexibility in the program, but also I don't think that candidates know the strength of our entrepreneurial, um, you know, opportunities. I think that, you know, we have our strong entrepreneurial suites here, whether it is our Big Red Ventures, that is a student-run opportunity for students, you know, who are looking to further within their entrepreneurial side, or just connecting with um, some faculty members who are, you know, have, have strengths in, on the entrepreneurial side of things, but also keeping in mind too that it's also a partnership with Johnson, the business school, but also Cornell as a whole. Okay. And, um, you know, I've seen, you know, students who have taken on, you know, opportunities and partnered with engineers here or even from the legal side and our, our JDs. So the list goes on, but that is an area that I always feel that I wish, you know, candidates really knew, especially if that's more of a, a longer term goal, um, you know, versus a short term goal. Is the school supportive of, of MBA students starting a business while doing their MBA? Absolutely. Both, both in Ithaca and in, in Roosevelt Island? Absolutely, yes. And that's something that within my role, I get asked all, you know, asked, you know, sure. all the time from admissions. Like, yes, it's your job to sell the program. You're in admissions. But it's a good feeling knowing that you work for an institution that truly supports the students and that values the students, but also will give you the tools necessary to be able to pursue what your passions are. And whether it is a passion for your post-MBA goals or long-term goals, or whether it is a passion that you want to do. So absolutely. All right, great. Thank you. And now a word from Admissions Straight Talk sponsor. Applying for MBA programs is difficult enough. Keeping your resumes, application materials, and letters of recommendation organized should be the easy part. Join the 1 million plus scholars who use Interfolio to store these documents, request letters of recommendation, and apply for academic opportunities. Check it out today and enjoy 10% off with the code ACCEPTED22 at interfolio.com backslash accepted. Again, that's interfolio.com slash accepted and use the code ACCEPTED22 for 10% off. And now back to this week's interview. Let's turn to the application. Do you see Cornell Johnson accepting the executive assessment in the future? And I believe Johnson offers a waiver opportunity. Who, in your opinion, should take the test and who should seek a waiver? That's actually two separate questions. So, so when it comes to the executive assessment, currently we are not accepting the executive assessment. Potentially in the future, we may. Every year we, you know, before the application launch, we go back and really evaluate what our processes look like um, and what elements um, in the application have been helpful versus, you know, things that we should take out. So I'm sure that, you know, next year during this time or throughout the year, we'll kind of go back and reevaluate. Is this something that we want to reconsider? As far as the waiver, I'm glad that you asked that question because the waiver is not for everyone. And I will say, you know, when it comes to the waiver and the way we look at it with an MBA program in particular, we want to have full confidence that you're going to come into our program, that you're going to succeed uh, in the core. And I know that there's a lot of students who may not have a quantitative background or come from a business background, um, or maybe it's been some time since you've been out of school. and Or taken a math class. Absolutely. Yes. Or taken a math class. 
But we want to make sure that you're going to be successful throughout that process. And when it comes to the waiver, you should be someone who's confident in your ability. And what we will look at is, of course, your academic performance. We'll look at the type of institution that you came from, what your major was, consistency of your grades, but also the challenging courses, especially from the quantitative side that you've taken that hopefully gives the admissions committee confidence that you're going to come into the program and, um, you know, and really succeed there. But then also, you know, we will look at your work experience as well and really be able to dig a little bit deeper into that experience. Hopefully, your maybe your recommenders have also spoke on your abilities from the quantitative side. Uh, but those are some of the things that we are looking at when making a decision on granting a waiver or not. Now, if you're someone who, you know, struggled academically maybe don't come from that quantitative side of things and we have questions, I'm going to encourage you to go ahead and, and, and take that test. It's, it's much more than for some just taking the easy way out. Uh, I actually had a conversation with a, a candidate the other day who was trying to you know tell me that um, they were just so busy and they just couldn't take the test because of work. <laughs> and I just said, you know, well, you know, what I, I might be too busy to review your application. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I remember telling the, I told the candidate, you know, you, you know, when I see that there are candidates in the military, or maybe there is a single parent that's working full time and taking care of their kid, but also studying for the test. And like, there's, I personally, I have no sympathy for that. So, <laughs> um, you know, and once again, that's just me being very transparent, but if you are questioning where you are when it comes to your preparation for business school or even just the next steps, I welcome the conversation to discuss if the waiver is for you or not. Right. That's, that was very insightful. We, we actually have a graph and it's based on something that Sujin Kwan had said like way back when waivers were first being issued. And it's, you know, like good test taker, uh, you know, across the top. And uh, evidence of quantability on the left side. And it's basically, if you, you know, good test taker and have evidence of quantability, you can take the test. If you have no evidence of quantability and good test taker, you should probably still take, you should definitely take the test. And I don't remember exactly how it was all, but it was a four, you know, four uh, square decision, decision chart. And there, there were, there was, you know, two that were kind of gray. There was one you should definitely take the test and there was one you should definitely not take the test <laughs> because you just cannot show the ability to do well in the program. If you don't have the grades and you don't have the quant background, you're not going to, or work experience for that matter, to show that you can handle the math, you have to take that test. Absolutely. We, you know, I, I will say that, you know, we're rooting for all of our applicants and, our, and of course our students. You know, we have a very competitive applicant pool out there for this incoming class. You know, we enrolled a class of about 303 in this class. And when you have thousands of applications for 300 spots, there are certain things and certain elements within an application that can really eliminate someone. And I will say that I'm, I'm proud that our, we do take a holistic approach, but still that test can make or break a decision, especially when it, you know, if there are concerns already. Yeah. But if you're just kind of like that average candidate out there and you are deciding between that test or not, I would encourage you, go ahead, definitely take the test, submit the test. Once again, I welcome the conversation. 
and we can talk a little bit further on what Johnson's looking for. Right, right. Um, all right, let's let's move on. Now let's touch on the essays for a minute, okay? I think I thought your answer was was fantastic, but anyway, let's let's move on to the essays. We could we could talk about the test uh, a little bit more, but let's, I think you covered it. Johnson has two required essays and one optional. What do you hope to learn from the essays and written materials in the application that, let's say, the test and the transcript don't tell you? I mean, let's say even the resume doesn't tell you. Yeah, absolutely. So we actually have um, one required uh, essay. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I yeah. missed that. So yeah, we've, we've made some changes over the, the, the last you know, couple of years in particular. So the one required essay that we have is our impact essay. And when I think about Johnson in particular, um, with a class size of, you know, about approximately 300, for some, you may look at it as a smaller class or a medium-sized class compared to some of our peers, but also when I think about the location itself, impact and that sense of community is very big here within the Johnson community. So we want to make sure that, you know, um, you've done your due diligence throughout the process to kind of get to know who we are. And, you know, our question really, it focuses on, you know, how do you see yourself making an impact within, a, you know, an, an elite program like our program? And some of the ways that I think about or great ways of answering this are really getting the sense of what we do within the Johnson community that is unique or where you see yourself contributing or making that impact. So, for example, if you are a marketer and you are interested in battle of the brands and, you know, you know, being a part of that committee or making that overall experience a great experience for your classmates and yourself, that's something very specific that you are learning about our curriculum. Or, you know, maybe there are leadership opportunities. You know, as I had mentioned before, there's our Johnson Board Fellows where our students sit on the board of a local nonprofit in the Ithaca area. So that impact essay is something that means a lot to us. It shows that you've done your due diligence on getting to know who we are as a community, but also, you know, hopefully you've had the opportunity of touching base with students and alums um, or even faculty and staff along this journey. We do have a park fellowship essay, and this is an optional essay for those um, who are one, a U.S. citizen, where you are being considered for a two-year full tuition fellowship, which also has a leadership component to it. Um, if you do fill out the, the park fellowship, um, you know, essay itself, we do try to, once again, identify about 25 students in each cohort. It really focuses on the leadership component and how you've developed as a leader and how you see yourself being a leader while in business school in particular. But I will encourage everyone who qualifies for the fellowship to at least take the time out to fill out that additional um, essay. And then really the last one is um, really the optional essay. And the optional essay, of course, I will say that if there are any red flags in your application, uh, anything that you believe the admissions committee really needs to know, whether it's gaps in your work experience, academic concerns, uh, reasons why you didn't use your supervisor as your recommender, briefly use that optional essay. Right. Now, I think, is there still a, a goals as a goal statement required? So yes, yeah, so that, there's that's I okay, think so the other essay. Okay, that was sorry. the other essay I was yeah. referring to. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So okay, so then yes, the goal statement. Yes. So there is our goal statement is pretty much the fill in the blank. So there's a fill in the blank 
portion to it, along with it allows you to write in brief paragraph form what your short-term and long-term goal. Um, and, I, and I believe how has your experience prepared encourage you to pursue these goals? Is that also correct. part of it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So there's the goals goal statement plus the one required essay, the impact essay, right. and then once again the optional essay. But yes, the goals piece I can't stress enough that you really should take that time to really be able to articulate what your goals are. And I think in reality, we know that, okay, candidates are going to get to business school and also explore other options, but you really should have a good sense of a, a sense of what you want to do and how you're going to get there. So when it comes to the goal statement itself, what I would also encourage applicants in particular, if you're making a career switch, to start doing some networking and research towards those goals. So whether it is connecting with members of our community, whether it's connecting with um, our career management center, to think about ways to really prepare. Great. And if if you can't articulate how your ex past experience is somehow relevant to your future goals, you won't be able to do it for an employer either. Absolutely. Right. So, all right. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. What happens to applications after applicants hit submit? How are they processed and evaluated to determine who gets an interview invitation? So once uh, an applicant hits submit, it then goes to one of our admissions and application coordinators who will make sure that everything that we were asking in the application has been submitted. And um, if it has, if something is missing, uh, we will reach out to the applicant to let them know uh, that it is missing. Once an application is complete though, uh, it is split up between one of our assistant directors, associate directors, you know, an admissions or a member of our admissions committee in particular, where we will do an initial read on your application. So we will do a full thorough review on every aspect of what we've required um, in the application. And that person who has read your application will do a thorough write-up on your goals, on your academics, strengths, weaknesses. And then also ultimately, once that read is completed, they have the option of making one of three decisions, inviting you to interview, waitlist without an interview, or flat out deny. If they decide to move you for an interview, you are automatically receiving our notification that we want to invite you for an interview. This is how you schedule it. If it is a waitlist or a deny, it then comes back uh, to members of our team where we take a second look to confirm if um, we agree with that decision or not. Of course, if you move forward with an interview, uh, you will go through an interview. Your interview will either be conducted by an admissions representative or one of our trained uh, second year students who go through an intense training process. Once that interview is completed, there is a full write-up that is completed by the interviewer regarding your overall candidacy along with their recommendation afterwards. Once the interview write-up is done, it then comes back to our, the committee, and there are multiple uh, members of the AdCon that sits on the committee that meets every Wednesday, where we do a full review of your application again, along with the interviewer said, and then, of course, we make a final decision on, of course, an offer, a wait list after the interview, or a denial after the interview. Got it. And... So the, is the interview blind? No, it's no, or, or do, have they already looked at the application when they interview? 
Exactly. So for our process, um, the interviewer will have a copy, copy of the resume Mm-hmm. along with some brief notes from your application. So as I had mentioned before, the person who does the initial read will take down notes, but then there may be also some questions that we want the interviewer to ask. So the person conducting the interview will have these two documents in front of them as they um, are having these conversations with the applicant. And when the interviewer completes the interview and makes the, re- the recommendation, is that based only on the interview, or do they, they at that point look at the fuller application? So that is all based off of the interview. Got it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you. You're um, what is the interview like? Yeah, I, I, I believe that we make our interview process very conversational and ultimately, you know, a, a fun process. And, you know, we want to make sure that, of course, we know why an MBA, we want to know why Johnson, we want to know why this is the right time um, for you to apply to business school, but we really want to know who you are, what makes you unique. And of course, yes, you're going to have those opportunities to, uh, you know, talk about what your goals are. And once again, why an MBA, but there are a lot of things in an interview that I find to be fascinating about candidates, you know, whether it is their background or their love for sports or music. Um, I've had some of the best conversations seeing, you know, what someone's passionate about. I uh, used to be a big for the Big Brother, Big Sister program. Yeah. And this means, you know, it means a lot to me. And when I see that on a, on a resume, it's a great conversational uh, conversation starter. But also, I'm a diehard sports fan. I'm, I love the Buffalo Bills. And if I see someone's love for sports, it just, it sparks different conversations. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we also want to know that you're a good fit for our community. You've done your due diligence to understand why an MBA makes sense. And in really just your goals too. So um, just know that it's conversational, but have fun. And don't be afraid to be you. Please, yes. The, yeah. The authentic part is, um, is very key and it can do wonders for, for candidates by just being you. I saw a, a quote from Vin Scully, you know, that just passed away a little while ago and I'm in Los Angeles. And as when younger, I was a tremendous baseball fan. And he of course was the announcer for the LA Dodgers. And uh, as, as a kid, when I was a kid, and the quote was that he was advised by Red Barber, who I think was the Vin Scully of, of Vin Scully's day, that he, he should show up the, at the booth and just be himself, because that will add so much to his announcing. And of course, Vin Scully was famous for being himself as an announcer. And uh, the advice is the same in an application. Absolutely. In an interview and in an application. All right, let's keep going. What advice would you have for reapplicants to Cornell Johnson? I would say do some self-reflecting. Okay, go back and look at your application and really do a thorough review of your overall candidacy and making sure that your goals were clear. Are you that candidate that should have taken the test? Is there more outreach that you could have done throughout that process? So I think that one doing some self-reflecting and being honest with yourself, I think is something key for a reapplicant. But also, you know, uh, be in touch with our team. Your desire to be here says a lot. And as a reapplicant, I think that's a great thing. It shows that you're committed to our program. It shows that you're serious about this. 
But what I will say about the re, uh, as a, regarding a reapplicant, you also want to be able to show, you know, what has changed since you've last applied. All right. So I, I'm a firm believer in if you submit the exact same application, you'll probably get the exact same results. So as a reapplicant, just take your time, do your due diligence, get to know us, you know, on an, on another level. But once again, that self-reflecting piece is something that is very key. Right. Okay. What would you say to an applicant who's interested in applying to Cornell Johnson this year, but is also concerned about the possibility of, of a recession? Yeah. You know, I, I think timing is, is, is definitely important. And I think you have to really go back and think about where you're at. You know, what's most important to you? Is it getting more experience? Is it the financial side of, you know, taking two years two years off? Is it thinking about where you are in your career and, you know, whether it's the lack of movement or maybe it is opportunities that you have that will present itself within, you know, this year or even in, you know, future years. So, um, you know, you, you just have to really think about, is this the right time for you? And, you know, and, and trust your instinct, continue to attend various sessions, learn about what's changing, you know, within the MBA itself. But, you know, you know what's best for yourself um, when it comes to what you need for professional growth, whether it's happiness, whether it's the financial side, you name it. Um, but really, I think this kind of goes back also to the, just the reapplicant side of being the self-reflecting self piece is going to be something that's key when thinking about applying, whether it's this year, especially when you're thinking about potential recession. Right. What candidates do you not get enough of? Oh, man, that's a great question, because I, I think that we have candidates from all over. Um, I, I, I would probably say it probably has to be specific industries. Once again, we get a lot from the financial side uh, of things. Um, I always say that I would love to see more like in the healthcare sector or even just like hospitality, you know, in the program. And, and of course, there are those that are coming from that area or looking to transition into that area. Um, but from an applicant standpoint, you know, there's so much that's help happen in, happening in healthcare, as you know, yeah. right now. Um, and there's a lot of great, you know, opportunities out there. So this is probably just more of a personal thing of what I would love to see. Okay. If you were thinking ahead, if you were an applicant, well, let's say I'm an applicant. Okay. All let's right. pretend for a minute. There I'm an applicant. Go. I'm thinking ahead to 2023, 2024. What is the one thing you would advise me to do to prepare myself to apply? Not this cycle. Again, I'm thinking ahead. Yeah. What should I do? I, I would say stay connected. This is a great time for you to, once again, do some self-reflecting, to explore, to maybe even travel and just get to know different schools. I've heard a lot of applicants talk about friendships that they've made with you know, Johnson students along the way doing their research. Um, of course, you can start thinking about taking the test or taking the test. You can start thinking about, yes, growth within your career and taking on, you know, new initiatives, which of course I would encourage you all to do, take on new leadership opportunities. But I will say, you know, really stay connected. There's so much that changes in, in our program every year, you know, whether it is the curriculum, you know, whether there's new initiatives. And we want to make sure that when you get ready to apply or even think of applying, that you're really excited about Johnson, you know, and knowing that, you know what, 
you know, this is the right fit for me. I'm excited about going through this journey, learning more, um, but just know that there are members of our team, our community that want to have the conversation with you about the program. So continue to do this, you know, throughout your journey. What would you have liked me to ask you? Oh, man. Linda, Linda, you ask great questions. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, these are these are great questions. Um, oh, let me see. Something you'd like to close with? Something I, I would like to close with. I love the work that I do. Wonderful. I love this admissions team. I love this community. As I had mentioned before, too, you're talking about a community, um, especially within our leadership that truly, truly supports our students. Uh, an MBA is very expensive. And I know that it's tough to probably think about taking two years off, but it is worth the investment. I've seen many students, alums, who have really been able to um, thoroughly progress in their career, take on new opportunities, take a leap of faith in so many different areas, but also continue to have the support of their classmates and you know, leadership, you know, even after they, they graduate, as well as in the program. So that is what I would say when you're, for any applicant thinking about Johnson, just know that that's what you're going to get, you know, with our community here, but also it's just an, a beautiful place to be. So Oh, it is. That is absolutely true. Uh -huh. And that's true. I also want to mention that at Accepted, we have an MBA ROI calculator, so that you can plug in your current in income, expenses, whatever, and get an estimate of ROI. Um, again, it's a, a free tool, and I'll link to it from the show notes. And you can find the show notes at accept.com slash 488. Eddie, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Where can listeners and potential applicants learn more about Cornell Johnson's full-time MBA program? Yeah, absolutely. So definitely going on to our website, which is johnson.cornell.edu, definitely is, a, is the, the opportunity for our students to, to really learn more about what we have to offer and what makes our community unique. So also just any in-person virtual opportunities. So definitely go ahead and, and do that. Thank you again, Eddie. We're going to include links in the show notes at exhibit.com slash 488 to johnson.carnell.edu, which is the site that Eddie just mentioned, as well as to related articles and resources. They're all linked to from exhibit.com slash 488. I also remembered the URL for the ROI calculator, and it is exhibit.com slash MBA ROI. If you want to see how financially you can possibly benefit from your MBA, even given the cost that uh, Eddie just mentioned, go to exhibit.com slash MBA ROI. Quick reminder, don't miss the other resource I mentioned at the beginning of, of the show, and that is the MBA admissions quiz. Find out if you are really ready to apply, competitive at your target schools. Take the quiz at exhibit.com slash MBA quiz. Again, that's exhibit.com slash M-B-A-Q-U-I-Z. Listener, thank you too for joining Eddie Asby and me for our 488th episode. If you find the show worthwhile, please tell your applicant friends about it. Make sure you don't miss any future shows, be they with admissions directors, professors, current students, test prep pros, or alumni doing great things. Thanks again for coming. This is Admission Straight Talk, produced by Accepted, and I am your host, Linda Abraham. I'll talk to you again next week.